You're listening to The Recovery, a series of conversations about rediscovering the ancient faith in order to reclaim our own. Welcome to the show today. Uh, we have a particularly nerdy conversation, so uh, hopefully you're in for that. Uh, it's really actually, I think, really fascinating and ultimately really important um, and, and tips the hat to something that is really important for us to understand. Um, looking at the miracle stories in the eighth chapter of Matthew, um, the, the Sermon on the Mount has just come to a close. Uh, talked before about the leper and sort of what that healing means and points to beyond just uh, a dude with some skin problems that Jesus decides to heal. Um, but after that, there is, uh, we're told, a centurion, a Gentile uh, soldier who comes and asks Jesus to heal his servant. Um, some translations will say son. That word uh, actually means servant. It can also be translated as son. But the implications of that word are that this is a servant who is likely the only member of the centurion's household. Uh, we know that because uh, soldiers were not allowed to have families. So it was probably someone who's very important to him. And so he used this word, uh, which means servant, but also can mean son to, to express the uh, the the love and the relationship that they had with one another, um, who was paralyzed, and he asks Jesus to to heal him, and act, you know he in responding, Jesus says, am, "Am I supposed to come and cure him?" Um, and again, this is a little head, a little nerdy, but uh, that in, in most Bibles, uh, Jesus responds, "I will come and cure him," but uh, almost all scholars now agree that that ought to be a question that Jesus response is a question as if he's not supposed to, because we see it a number of different places. Jesus is reluctant to reach out to the Gentiles, understanding that his mission is first to the, to the Jews. And so this is uh, a Gentile coming to ask him for a favor, and he, he's sort of reluctant to do that. Um, anyway, we can t- <laughs> if you have questions about that, we can talk about the Greek syntax and uh, part of the problem with that and why it's uh, perhaps a little bit controversial is that Greek didn't have, ancient Greek didn't have punctuation. So we have to kind of make guesses as to whether or not they're exclamations or questions or just statements. All that being said, Jesus, Jesus shows some reluctance, we think. Um, and the centurion says, no, 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 I don't, you don't need to come to my house. I'm not worthy to have you come. If you just say the word, he'll be healed. Um, the centurion says, I, you know, I understand authority. I understand how this works. You just say the word and it happens. Um, and so, uh, Jesus does this, and we're told that he's healed. And then after that, Jesus goes on to Peter's house, where uh, Peter's mother-in-law is has a fever. Uh, Jesus, we're told, uh, casts out the fever. She gets up and uh, ser- begins serving everybody. And we're told that Jesus goes on and cures all that were sick. The really fascinating thing here is the words that get used for healing when. The centurion comes, and this, this I think, is as much uh, Matthew telling us something as um, Jesus himself, although Jesus clearly, clearly in the story, it it's, becomes obvious. But um, when, when the centurion comes, he asks for Jesus to heal his servant. Jesus' response is, am I supposed to come and cure him? And then the centurion says, no, 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 just say the word and he'll be healed. And then we're told that he is in fact healed. And then he goes on to Peter's mother's house 
and and he doesn't use the word heal or cure. We're just told that the fever leaves her and she gets up. But then he goes on to say that he cures all the who are who are sick. In Matthew's gospel, when Jesus heals people or cures people, uh, these are two different words in the Greek, right? Um, and and they carry different connotations, which we'll address here in a second. But healing is always the word that is used for Gentiles. Uh, later on, there's a, a Canaanite woman who comes and asks for uh, healing, and Jesus is reluctant there again, uh, and she continues to protest, and Jesus finally gives in, and we're told he heals her. Uh, but when he, he, he does what we call healing with the people of, of Israel, it's always the word for curing, right? And so he's curing Israel and he's healing Gentiles. What's the difference? Well, healing is to provide something, to, to add something to the person. So in the case of, uh, for example, the, the man, the servant who is paralyzed, Jesus is adding strength. Curing, on the other hand, is r- removing something. Um, and theologically, when we talk about what Jesus accomplished, um, again, remember when we talk about miracle stories, the question is not whether or not they happen. The question is, what do they mean? Um, and in this case, what it means to be cured is to have that which ails you removed. As Jesus comes, he comes to the nation of Israel to cure them, not simply heal them. And there, there's a theological and important difference here, right? So it's one thing to make it so that the servant can walk again. It's another thing to actually cure the person, right? So Jesus is coming to ultimately remove sin, right? And so that's why the word is cure. Uh, we, he is taking away something. Later, we're going to see in Matthew's gospel that he heals on the Sabbath. Um, and, and the Pharisees are upset. Um, actually, initially, the man's paralyzed, and Jesus comes in and says, uh, your sins are forgiven you. And the Pharisees are ticked off because they realize that only God forgives, and so that this is a claim by Jesus to be the one who forgives sin. In response, Jesus says, what, is it easier to say, I forgive your sins, or your sins are forgiven? Or is it easier to uh, perform a miracle, essentially? And he turns to the man and says, take up your mat and walk, and he, he heals him, he cures him. But What's going on there, of course, is first and foremost, uh, a forgiveness of sin, a, a curing. And this is what Jesus comes to do. Um, and in the gospel stories before Jesus is, is crucified, that is a mission to the Jews. And so that's why he's curing Jews, but only healing Gentiles. It is at the cross, after the cross, as, as this gift, this sacrifice is opened up to the entire world. It is in the wake of that, that that curing now is opened up to the whole world. But the difference in the words and, and the meaning and the purpose draws our attention to what Jesus is here to do, right? It is simply not to make us feel better. It is simply not to heal us. It is simply not just to make a lame person walk or a leper to have clean skin. It is to go beyond that, to cure at the deepest level, the, the root of our heart, the, the, the condition which we find ourselves in, the brokenness, which if we're all honest with ourselves, we know is at the heart of us, right? It, it's not a matter of making you feel guilty. It's just a matter of, you know, when you're, if, when you're lying in bed at night and you're honest with yourself, you realize that you, we, we all realize that we, we're messed up, right? We're all messed up. Um, and, and Jesus is here to fix that, right? He's here to cure that. He's, he's here to make that better. Um, 
and and that's now a gift because of the cross uh, for all of us. It's not reserved simply for Israel. That God's people now in, are in, uh, encompass uh, the whole world, um, and so it's a fascinating uh, choice of words uh, if if we pay attention to it, which most people don't. We just read on and. We don't even realize they're two different words, but they are two different words which carry different meanings and it tells us something. Um, so, so hopefully you find you that interesting. Uh, may you understand that God is here. Jesus has come. The spirit is at hand. The kingdom is at hand. And what that means is that we all are to be cured. We are all to be made well. We are all to be not just healed physically or emotionally, but be made right. May you step into his love and forgiveness. May you step into the life of a true disciple that is in the process of being transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. See you next time.